But we want to talk about these two Bible classes prior to our foot washing and communion, certainly. And this Bible class is entitled Remembering the Covenant. It's about foot washing and communion. Uh, This is our feast of Passover. All right. So remembering the covenant. And if we look at the definition of covenant, uh, it's an agreement to do or not to do a particular thing. It's a legal matter. Uh, A promise. It's incidental to a deed or contract. You may not have a deed or contract. It's either expressed or implied. It's a pact. It's a binding agreement between two or more parties. Amen. And that's what we're talking about tonight. A covenant that we have with God. Amen. Uh, And to answer those uh, questions, number one, what is it? What is it? It is a celebration. It's a celebration of God bringing us out of sin. Amen. We will follow it along in the Bible where God brought them out of Egypt. Egypt was bondage. Egypt equals slavery. Egypt equals sin. Come on, somebody. And uh, somewhere along the way, uh, God met you right where you were. Where were you? You were in Egypt. You were in sin. You were in bondage. But what did he do? He brought you out of that situation. Amen. So God has uh, required of each and every one of us that we keep this a memorial. I want you to remember. I want you to celebrate this on a yearly basis. Me bringing you out of bondage by my mighty hand. Somebody said, I got it on a Monday. I got it on a Tuesday. I got it on a Wednesday. I got it on a Thursday. I got it on a, uh, in the spring. I got it in the winter. But come on, somebody. Aren't you glad that you got it? Aren't you glad he brought you out? And since you have it, it's a celebration. It's remembering God bringing you out. Amen. And paying an awesome price my God, to give you a right to the tree of life. All right. Exodus, the 12th chapter and the fourth, 14th verse. Exodus, the 12th chapter in the 14th verse. We're answering just a few questions. Number one, what is it? Why do we do it? And uh, what will it do for me? Exodus 12 and 14 says, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. All right. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. My God. Let's read that one more time. And this is concerning the feast of Passover. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. It's uh, something established to remind you of a person or thing. Uh, And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. This is our feast of Passover and not just uh, our fathers, uh, but it's to us. 
and it's to our children for future generations to come. And you shall keep it a feast uh, and an ordinance forever. 1 Corinthians 11th chapter in the verse 26. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. That word show, you do celebrate, you do commemorate, you do a remember his death until he come. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. the same uh, scripture, I'm going to read it again. For as, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. I want you to celebrate this every year. Keep it as an ordinance, as a memorial to remind you of my death, burial, and resurrection, bringing you out of sin, which is typical of Egypt. All right. Although we do celebrate uh, his birth, there's nowhere in the Bible that God tells us to uh, set aside some time and, and, you know, celebrate Christmas or celebrate his birth. Come on, somebody. He does command us that we celebrate his death. My God. And what good would be the death without the burial and the resurrection he got up? My God, him bringing us out of bondage with his mighty hand and becoming the first fruits from the grave. Uh, what does that mean? That means that if I have to go by way of the grave, amen, if he was the first fruits, my God, and I die in him, if he got up, I can get up too. My God, he got up and said, all power in heaven and earth belongs unto me. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. If God didn't go to the cross and shed his blood for each and every one of us, we would yet be in sin. We would yet be in Egypt, in bondage. Come on, somebody. My God. But what did he do? He died and shed his blood. My God, the Bible said, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that you and I might have a right to the tree of life. What is it? It's a celebration. It is a celebration. We remember, my God, when he brought us out of sin, brought us out of the world, brought us out of slavery, brought us out what was typical of Egypt. They were in bondage. They were in slavery, but God brought them out. And somebody said what he has done for one, he'll do for another because he's done it. Each and every one of us that had been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. What did he do? He brought you from death to life. My God, somebody said, I'm living this life to live again. And that's to live eternally with him. All right, so the uh, we're, we're dealing with the the, uh, the the short questions and the short answers. Uh, number one, what is it? It's a celebration. Number two, why do we do it? All right, we're going to go back to 
where we were before, Exodus 12 and 14. He commands us to. Exodus 12 and 14. And this day shall you uh, shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, and ye shall keep it a feast, uh, an ordinance by an ordinance forever. Amen. Uh, if we look at that word ordinance, it means a piece of legislation enacted by a mis a mis misnupetan. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm not going to be able to say it now by a, a, a municipality or okay authority. All right. If we think about uh, uh, a seatbelts or uh, banning smoking, a lot of cities have um, a ban smoking in, in restaurants, a ban smoking in the hospitals, uh, uh, a wearing of a face mask, a mis. <laughs> I'm trying to say the word, but it's not going to come out. Um, but it's an authority. They can uh, pass ordinances, amen, that are to be kept by its citizens or its residents. All right. It's an authoritative order. It's a decree. All right. Exodus 13 and three. Exodus 13 and three. It says, and Moses said unto the people, remember this day in which you came out of Egypt. Now, Egypt is typical of sin. Out of the house of bondage. Remember the day that God saved you. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall be no leavened bread be eaten this day came ye out in the month Abib. My God. So he let them know, why do we do it? Uh, because God is, he, it, re, it reminds us of God bringing us out of bondage. We commemorate. It's, it's an ordinance. It's a decree. Uh, he commands us to. All right. He says, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. It's a land flowing with milk and honey that thou shalt keep this service in this month, that month of Abib. And we'll talk about that. Uh, that was the first month. And we certainly know. Uh, that month is the month of Nisan on the Hebrew and Jewish calendar. Uh, it was the first month. And certainly um, if we were on the Jewish calendar, and that goes by the both the solar and lunar um, events, uh, that um, the first month, it varies every year when you would do it. My God. So uh, we're not on... Uh, the Jewish calendar. We're not on the Hebrew calendar. We're certainly not going to follow the Babylonian calendar. Uh, we are on what's called the Gregorian calendar. 
All right. And there is another scripture that I will point out to you. He said, this will be the first month to you. Since we are on the Gregorian calendar, January is our first month. We celebrate this because it is the first. All right. It's the first month of year. That's giving God our first fruits. Amen. Certainly, if you were to look at it on the Jewish calendar, uh, it would line up with spring. But just remember now, this uh, ordinance, this commandment was given unto them because they all came out together. Now, as I said before, somebody said, well, I got saved on a Monday. I got saved on a Friday. I got saved on a Sunday. I got saved in the winter. I got saved in the spring. Some people say, well, I don't even remember when I got saved. All right. So uh, if we were to follow this to the T, we would be doing it at different times. So he tells us to do this in the first month. And since we are on the Gregorian calendar, January is our first month and we all do it together. And you also know scripture references, uh, the Bible talks about, uh, we will celebrate this Passover where the Lord chooses to place his name there. I know somebody, he don't, don't place his name just anywhere. Uh, it was in Jerusalem. It was in Jerusalem. Amen. So it's certainly, this is something that the body of Christ that we do on a corporate level, not on an individual level. Amen. We all do this together. All right. He says, seven days shall thou eat unleavened bread. And in the seventh day shall ye shall be a feast unto the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days and there shall be no leavened bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be any leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. Amen. And certainly the Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And leaven is typical of sin. Just a little sin. Eat as doth a canker or a cancer. Amen. And we must rid ourselves of sin uh, because just a little bit, you know, we have those pet sins that, well, I'm just going to, you know, I don't do that, but I do this. Well, guess what? sin eats as a canker or cancer. So we purge out the old leaven that we might be a new lump, holy and acceptable before the Lord. That's the purpose of confessing sins. Amen. Because we want to rid ourselves of leaven. Leaven was typical of sin. It is typical of sin. All right, let's continue reading. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. In other words, let your children know. Come on, somebody. Let everybody know. My God, this is the reason we celebrate this. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. 
And with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore, since this is a fact, keep this ordinance in his season. How often? From year to year. Not every first Sunday, not every second Sunday, not every fifth Sunday. Come on, somebody. My God, it's a feast of Passover that we keep from year to year. Now, remember, this is an illegal agreement. Amen. I don't have the liberty to do it like I want to. This is a covenant. Come on, somebody. My God. Um, it's incidental to a, a contract or to an ex, uh, or to a deed. Amen. Certainly we have it, but it, that has nothing to do with it. This is something that God has commanded us how he wants us to celebrate it. And we're not at liberty to change it. Amen. All right. Uh, and it shall be for a sign unto, uh, unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath he, the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. My God. Now we are to observe it in the first month. And we know that's the month of Abib and that Jewish calendar that may be um, uh, the springtime on the Jewish calendar, but since we're on the Gregorian calendar, uh, we celebrate it in the month of January. All right, we are to keep this service in this month. All right, keep it in the first month. Teach it to your children so they can observe it also. Amen. And it's to be observed year to year. All right. So what is it? It's a memorial. It's a service. Amen. It's a celebration of God bringing us out. Why do we do it? Because he has commanded us to. And the last quick question, what will it do for me? That's the question we all have. What will it do for me? Let's look at John. John 6 and 48. What does he say? You all have it. He said, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. My God. Why? What will it do for me? It gives us life. It brings us life. Come on, somebody. 
He said, he that believeth upon me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. My God, you can live forever without fish, live forever without steak. Come on, somebody. But you're not going to live very long without water. He that believeth upon me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, multiple streams of life-giving water. Come on, somebody. And whosoever liveth and believeth on me shall never die. Anybody um, believe that? That's what the scripture says. We cannot live without water. Uh, when uh, the United States went to uh, Mars, uh, they were not looking for aliens. They were looking for water. Any place that we go and we find water, if you find water, you have found life. Hmm. I'm on somebody. You cannot live without water. He that believeth upon me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of what kind of water? Not stagnant water. Life-giving, life-sustaining water. My God, you cannot live without it. All right. So what will it do for us? It gives us life. My God, those and that answers the three quick questions. Uh, what is it? It's a celebration. Why do we do it? He commands us to. And what will it do for me? It gives us life. We cannot live without water. We cannot live without him. Come on, somebody. My God. A branch cannot bear fruit of its own except it be connected. Come on, somebody. My God, to the root. And anytime we become disconnected from the root, we cannot survive. All right. I want to remind each and every one of us. This is uh, Matthew 7 and 6. Jesus himself, himself warns us concerning uh, our family affairs. Now, this is the most solemn service that we can have um, in the church. This is a solemn service. It's a serious service. Amen. This is a family matter because it's for those individuals that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of a speaking in other tongues and are part of the body of Christ. This is not uh, for those individuals that have not had this experience. Look what he says in Matthew 7 and 6. And I don't want anybody to be offended by this, but uh, Jesus, uh, his word uses these uh, words here to describe those that are without. What does he say? Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Uh, my God, this is this is a family matter. This is something that the world is not going to understand. Uh, I would not advise bringing this up 
uh, to anybody that's not a part. Matter of fact, we have we have confusion even among believers. Uh, what foot washing and communion, uh, the feast of Passover, what we should do and what we shouldn't do and how we should conduct ourselves. Even among ourselves, uh, we don't all agree. And certainly uh, this is nothing to give to somebody that's outside the body of Christ. I want to remind you of the conversation uh, that Jesus had with Nicodemus in John 3. Uh, he said, um, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, uh, that's being interpreted, Master, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Uh, Nicodemus sat on the Sanhedrin court. He wasn't the only one believed that Jesus was a master. Uh, look what he, they said. For no man can do these miracles that thou dost except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, verily, verily, he uses repetition to let you know I'm ready to say something very important. So he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see. You can explain things to individuals, but unless they become part of the body of Christ, they're not going to understand it. Except a man be born again, that's what it takes for an individual's understanding to be opened. He's not going to see it. Uh, somebody can explain something to you and you can say, well, I just don't see that. Say something that's a little bit far-fetched and you say, no, nah, I don't see that. Or tell you about somebody that you know is out of, uh, of character. You say, no, nah, I don't see so-and-so doing that. That's what Jesus is saying. Except the man be born again, he cannot see. He's not going to understand this. He must be part of the body of Christ and God will open up his understanding. Luke uh, 24 and 45, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Unless God opens up your understanding, you can explain it. This is why, you know, I know a lot of churches talk about, well, we got catechism classes that we teach um, individuals that want to be uh, part of. Uh, of the church and become a member of the church and we explain it to them and then we ask them do they want to be baptized and do they want to be saved well I understand what you're saying but the scripture said it's not going to happen why should you try to do something that it's just not going to happen except the man be born again he's not going to understand the kingdom of God you can teach all you want to. Jesus said it. It's not going to happen. All right. Uh, Jesus said it's his intent that man first be saved. All right. Let's go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy, the second chapter, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> First Timothy.
Second chapter, verses 1 through 4, I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Let's pray for everybody. Who is it for? For kings and for all that are in authority. Let's pray for the mayor. Let's pray for the president. Let's pray for the governor. Uh, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. My God, when you consider what's going on in the United States right now, you wouldn't think nobody was praying. For it is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men be saved first and come into the knowledge of the truth. Let me say that again. For it is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved first and then come into the knowledge of the truth. My God, you don't get truth until you come in and get saved and God open up your understanding. That scripture reference that I gave uh, Luke 24 and 45, then opened he their understanding that they, he had to open up the understanding of his own disciples that had been with him for three and a half years of his ministry. Then opened he their understanding that, there might, that they might understand the scriptures. You have to be saved and it takes God opening up your understanding before. And listen, uh, John said, if everything could be written concerning Jesus, uh, the world is not even large enough to contain the book. You can be over here saved 30, 40, 50, 60, a lifetime, and still don't understand everything. I know somebody, but the Bible says the path of the just get brighter and brighter until that perfect day. I know somebody, give me this day my daily bread. My father, the district elder Avery Dumas Jr. used to explain it. Uh, I remember it vividly because he was saying when you go out into the parking lot, your lights don't shine all the way to your house. It's just enough to get out of the parking lot. And then it, when you get to the parking lot, it shines out in the street. And when you turn it, it, it lights down the street. Come on, somebody. My God, it's not until you uh, pull up in your drive, turn into your driveway, that the lights shine on your garage door, shine on your house. Come on, somebody. That light didn't shine all the way to your house when you turned it on. The path of the just are as a shining light that gets brighter and brighter until that perfect day. Come on, somebody. My God, when we all understand it better, by and by. Amen. Matthew 7 and 7 says what? Ask, seek, knock. Come on, somebody. Ask, shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open. Come on, somebody. Uh, many people are lost today because they haven't simply simply ask. Come on, somebody. My God. There's a founding document in the United States it says you have the, the right to pursue 
happiness. I don't know somebody, but there's no guarantee that you're ever going to find. But you have the right to pursue the pursuit of happiness. There's so many people have tried and failed. I don't know somebody, but Jesus said, if you ask, it shall be given. If you seek, you'll find me. Come on, somebody. If you knock, I will open up the door. You're guaranteed to find me. My God, you find that guarantee nowhere else but in the Bible, the words of God. The Bible says, if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Come on, somebody. My God, it was John, the one in whom Jesus loved that laid on the breast of Jesus. Many people, they're just not leaning into him. John laid right on him. Come on, somebody. And received more revelation. I mean, that's what we're living right now. We're, we're in the book of Revelation. My God, the veil, uh, apocalypto. Apo, uh, the removal of the veil. That's what that apocalyptic language is we're finally going to find out who the bride is. Come on, somebody. She's prepared herself for the bridegroom, and that's what the book of Revelation is all about. All right, Apocalypto, the removing of the veil. Jesus finally receives his bride. We're preparing ourselves right now, and he gave that revelation those that are close to him receive more revelation. John received more revelation than anybody else in your scriptures. Come on, somebody, my God. And revealed unto us the things, the time in which we live right now. John was the one that Jesus looked at the foot of the cross and uh, told, said, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother gave his mother to John. Now, you know, you wouldn't entrust your mother just to anybody. John was the one that stayed on his breast and received more revelation from Jesus than anybody else that we know. Come on, somebody. And the reason that people don't know today is because they're not leaning in. They're not leaning in to Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God, he said he called us friends. My God, a slave don't know what his master is doing. That's why he called us friend and he has revealed unto us, my God, the end of this world and the end of mankind as we know. My God, so it's so good. It's so good to lean into Jesus. All right, Exodus, we've covered uh, the three questions I've given you the warning of not trying to share this with everybody. Amen. Now we're going to prove it. We're going to prove it. We're going to go through the scriptures. We're going to go one by one. Amen. Everything that we do, everything that I teach, I want it to be scripturally based. And I don't want you to be saying my pastor said, I, I want individuals to be saying, uh, Jesus said, Jesus commanded us. It's written. Amen. Uh, when he was tempted, Jesus himself was tempted. What did he say? It is written. My God. 
he said, my word have gone out of my mouth and it will not return unto me void. Amen. Exodus, the third chapter. Uh, this is God bringing them out. That's what Exodus is all about. Verses seven. God chooses Moses. And, you know, God always chooses a man. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, you all have often heard me say what God couldn't do uh, through David. David was a man of war. Uh, and he had blood on his hands. And David said he was going to build God a house. And God told David, no, you're not going to build me a house. You got too much uh, blood on your hands. What he couldn't do through David, he did through Solomon. I'm on somebody. My God, and what he couldn't, couldn't do through Solomon. You all remember Solomon claved to those strange women. Mm. So what he couldn't do through Solomon, he's going to do through Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God. Now, remember, First uh, Kings. First Kings, the second chapter. Um, there was a promise that uh, God made to David that he would sit. He would have someone sitting on the throne forever. And David put that charge all on Solomon. But David didn't understand the promise of God. Look what he said. Uh, now the day, days of David grew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgment and his testimonies as it is written in the laws of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou dost. And whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me. <laughs> My God. Uh, you're going to prosper, but listen, I don't mess this up. I want the word that he spoke concerning me to come to fruition. What did he tell you, David? Saying, if thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all of their heart and with all of their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Solomon, don't you mess this up for me. Because he made me a promise that if my children will follow his commandment and follow his statute, what he said concerning me will come to pass. And what did he tell you? Let's read it again. Um, if they follow me with all of their heart, soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. So let's back it up again. What he couldn't do through David, he's going to do through Solomon. What he couldn't do through Solomon, he's going to do it through uh, Jesus. Who is he? Uh, many call, uh, there's about four or five different references in the Bible uh, where blind men, 
called him uh, Jesus, thou son of David. Isn't that amazing? A blind man is recorded in uh, Matthew 9. It's recorded in Mark 10. It's recorded in Luke, uh, the 18th chapter. Uh, you all remember Bartimaeus. All of these blind men uh, were calling on Jesus and thou they called him Jesus, thou son of David. Isn't that amazing that a blind man can see and recognize him, the son of David, recognize him as the Messiah, the one to come. And there were uh, religious individuals that failed to see and recognize him as um, the Messiah. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, they called him the son of David. All right. Let's back this up again one more time. God uses men. He says um, what he couldn't do through David, he's going to do through Solomon. What he couldn't do through Solomon, he's going to do, do through Jesus. And what Jesus does, he does through us. Come on, somebody. My God. And certainly we know Jesus is going to come back. He's going to fight that battle of Armageddon. He's going to reestablish the throne. And guess what? He's going to turn it back over to David. And David is going to rule the new earth forever. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, David was putting it all on Solomon. Don't you mess this thing up. But he didn't have in mind. He didn't know what God was going to do. God was going to put him. There shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne forever. David didn't know it was going to be him. He himself is going to sit on that throne and rule the new earth forever. My God. We never know the mind of God. My God. And, and, and thank God it didn't rest all on Solomon. Otherwise, he would have lost out. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Okay. So I said all that to say that God chose a man, Moses, a Moses to carry out his plan. Amen. To lead his people out of bondage. Look at this. Exodus, the third chapter. Verses seven through 10. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. To bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large. And unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Canaanites. And to the Hittites. And to the Amorites. And the Perizzites and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, since this is a fact, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send uh, thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. 
My God. And certainly that was the cry of God's people uh, in bondage. Lord, free us, free us that we might serve you. I believe that's one of the most powerful prayers uh, that we can pray. Lord, free me. I don't care what's in your way, what's binding you, what's holding you. Uh, he died and shed his blood to have relationship. It was that important. He came. Numbers 23 and 19 said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. God is not a man. He became a man to redeem mankind back to himself. My God looked at us. We had nothing to offer, had no value, had no hope, had no future. He saw us, fell in love with us and said we were worth it. My God, God is not a man. He became a man to redeem mankind back to himself. The most powerful prayer that we can pray. You, when you consider what he did to have relationship with his people, if we want to have relationship with him, that's his heart's desire. Come on, somebody. My God, I don't care if it's a job or whatever it is, a stumbling block in your way. Lord, free me that I might serve you. Come on, somebody. Uh, even when we think about uh, the United States, uh, a people seeking a religious freedom that even started out and put on the currency in God we trust. Come on, somebody. Uh, a nation that was founded on uh, Christian Judeo values. Come on, somebody. What's happened to us now? Come on, somebody. A nation, a people uh, that was seeking religious freedom and said, in God we trust. And God blessed America. There was no Motor City. Come on, somebody. There was no Detroit. There was no um, uh, Windy City. There was no Chicago. There was no Los Angeles. Come on, somebody. There was no Hollywood. There was no Las Vegas. Come on, somebody. No Big Easy. My God. Uh, the wonders of the world were not there, had not been discovered. Come on, somebody. But God blessed this land. Come on, somebody. My God. And what happened? We now turn our back against God. Come on, somebody. My God. You know, he said, uh, I came in my father's name and you wouldn't receive me, but there'll be one that will come in his own name. Him you will receive. He's talking about the Antichrist. Come on, somebody. My God. They're going to believe that he is their Messiah came to his own, and his own received him not. Are you rejecting him today? Come on, somebody. My God. Isn't it good that God hears our cry? My God. And we have to understand and know, how did Israel get to Egypt in the first place? Uh, we actually covered that uh, in uh, the Bible, in the Bible class, God sent a famine 
in the land. And you all remember when um, Joseph went, was sold into slavery, ended up in Potiphar's house, uh, got accused of rape and, and ended up in the prison on somebody. Joseph was an interpreter of dreams, uh, worked on the butler's dream and worked on the baker's dream. Come on, somebody, my God. Um, and told them, when you get out of this prison, uh, remember me. And they got out and forgot about him. And finally, Pharaoh had a dream and nobody could interpret it. He called his soothsayers and he called all of his wizards and wise men. Nobody could interpret the dream. And somebody said, you know what? I remember a guy that was in prison. <laughs> My God, they, they went and got uh, Joseph and he went from prisoner to prime minister overnight. <laughs> Interpreted uh, Pharaoh's dream. Come on, somebody. My God. And, and Pharaoh uh, put him over all. Is he, uh, I'm going to put you over everything. You talk about a comeback, a man that was accused of rape and thrown into prison, forgotten about by other people. Uh, God said, your gift will make room for you. Amen. Amen. Here come this dreamer. We're going to drop him in a pit. We're going to put him in any old pit and we're going to see what will become of his dreams. Now, you all know how the story goes. My God, uh, Joseph grew great in the land. My God. And it was uh, Jacob, his father, uh, said, listen, uh, there's a famine in the land. Uh, there's corn in Egypt. Why are you sitting here looking at one another? Lest we die. Go down to Egypt and find out uh, and, and buy corn. And here his brothers, his haters, run right into him. Come on, somebody. My God. And what did Joseph said? Get, get father and your flock and your herd and everything that you have and come on down. The land is plenteous. Come on, somebody. My God, there's plenty here for us to live off of. And they moved to Egypt. My God, God set the famine in the land. And they moved to Egypt. And most of them, they were just a handful of people. And uh, Joseph told them, listen, uh, tell them that you're sheep herders. You know, nobody didn't have, want, want have nothing to do with sheep herders. All right. And uh, so they said, oh, well, y'all sheep herders, y'all go on down to Goshen. <laughs> Isn't that something? He, he took them to Egypt to deliver them. And he separated them right there in Egypt. From the very beginning, he separated them. God was perfect, uh, providing and protecting them. Come on, somebody. And they didn't even know it. From the very beginning, he separated them from their enemies. And the Bible says they waxed great in that land. Come on, somebody. My God. And there was another Pharaoh that grew up that did not know God and did not know Joseph and decided uh, since he couldn't control them, he couldn't curse them, he couldn't stop them from becoming great people. 
he decided he was going to enslave them. My God. <laughs> and listen, uh, when you're born of God, when you belong to him, can't nobody stop you. Can't nobody stop your blessing. Come on, somebody. My God, no enemies can stop you. You're the anointed. You're the appointed. You're the chosen of God. Come on, somebody. And I want somebody to know right now, if you don't have no enemies, you're not that anointed. Anything that God anoints and appoints, elevates, promotes, you're going to have enemies come out of the woodwork. My God. And if you ain't got no enemy, you ain't anointed. Uh, last Sunday, what did King Abimelech tell uh, Isaac? Man, you, 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 we're just common folk. You, you done waxed great in the land. You got to get out of here. <laughs> you and your hot wife. <laughs> Y'all got to move out of this place. You, you got too much. And, you know, these people are trying to kill you. Come on, somebody. I don't care where you are. God will prosper you. Seventy years they stayed in Babylonian captivity, uh, captivity, did they not? And even when they went down there, God said, listen, seek peace in that place. Are you going to stay down there 70 years? Give your sons to daughters and daughters to sons that you might increase and not diminish. Even when God is punishing you, he knows how to prosper you. Come on, somebody. Even in a strange land. My God. Somebody said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, remember. David said, I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. Even when he has to punish you, you're going through. Yea, though I walk through. Come on, somebody. My God. You can only walk halfway into a situation. Because once you get halfway in, you start, you're walking out now. And my God. Don't, don't walk in circles. Yea, though I walk through. The valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. My God. All right, Exodus 4. God always chooses a man. He chose uh, Moses to deliver his people, to bring them up out of that place, that dreadful place that God, uh, it was God's doing that they went there in the first place. Now, y'all better get the history of it. Come on, somebody. My God. But they were just going through. And in its time, same thing with Babylonian captivity. He said, until 70 years be accomplished. And Bible theologians have calculated right down to the day they were released. Come on, somebody. Exodus 4, verses 10 and 12. Moses didn't feel adequate in the eyes of God. Look what it says. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither therefore uh, here to fore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who maketh the death? 
or the dumb or the dumb or the deaf or the seen or the blind have not I the Lord now since this is a fact go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say come on somebody my God I can do all things through Christ Jesus my God that strengthens me my God how often should we take God at his word uh, back to Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he spoken, or hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? How often we ought to just take God at his word. Come on, somebody. He's not looking for superstars. He's looking for the super humble, the super obedient, those that are, uh, are uh, trusting and believing in him. Know that without him, you can do nothing. I'm just like a ship without a sail. Come on, somebody. My God, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I am what God says I am. Come on, somebody. And he already said, and greater works shall you do. Come on, somebody. All right. So the Lord warned that uh, Moses that I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. That's in Exodus 4, 21 through 23. Sometimes negative results is just what God uh, wants. Look what he says. And the Lord said unto Moses, this is Exodus 4, 21 through 23. And the Lord said unto Moses, when thou goest to return unto Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand. But I will harden his heart that he shall not let the people go. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let my people now remember uh these are babies from the captivity my god uh that's all they've known is Pharaoh the sun would rise and set at the word of Pharaoh I'm on somebody he would make their hard uh, life hard and they would have to make brick without straw because of the word of Pharaoh. He could make their life miserable. So God is now going to prove that there's a greater than Pharaoh on the scene. Come on, somebody. I'm going to harden his heart that he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son. Look at this. Even my firstborn, and I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Pharaoh had already been warned, but God hardened his heart. Come on, somebody. My God. 
Pharaoh, when we, we've examined the other empires at one time or another uh, that persecuted um, Israel, God's people, they all wanted to be worshipped as God. Nimrod uh, wanted to be worshipped as God and persecuted Abraham. And Abraham uh, had to leave that place and say, Abraham, get out of here. Uh, you're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Uh, uh, Pharaoh, he wanted to be worshipped as God. Come on, somebody. And God said, I'm going to let my people know that I am. You heard it. <laughs> I am that I am. Come on, somebody. The God that rules above, he rules also in the hearts of men. Come on, somebody. My God, uh, Pharaoh, he wished he could let the people go. Uh, it got so bad that he, the plagues even fell on um, uh, the Egyptians and, and they begged and say, Pharaoh, will you please let him go? But God hardened his heart to show his people that I'm God. Made Pharaoh say, I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to thrust you out altogether. And then God said, no, you ain't going to let him go. Come on, somebody. You ain't going to let them go till I say you're going to let them go. And we'll get to that scripture. My God, he told Moses, I'm going to send one plague more, and this time he's going to let you go. It's not going to happen at the word of Pharaoh. I am that I am is going to tell you when you're going to go. Not Pharaoh. I'm going to prove to you. Come on, somebody, that there's a greater than Pharaoh on the scene now working on your behalf. All right, Exodus 5, verses 1 through 2. Pharaoh asked, who is the Lord? Come on, somebody. It says, and afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they might hold a feast. Come on, somebody. This is what we're celebrating, the feast of Passover. God bringing us out of bondage, that they may hold a feast unto me into the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Come on, somebody. And I want every one of us to know what we're talking about tonight. Uh, God is serious about his feasts. God is serious about his ordinances, his laws. Come on, somebody. Uh, observing the feast of Passover. That's what we're talking about right now. God had already told him, if you don't let Israel go, Israel is my son, my firstborn. And if you don't let him go, I'm going to kill your son, your firstborn. Come on, somebody. My God, the Bible declares that every knee, at, the, at that name Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And God began to send the plagues. Come on, somebody. And they're certainly recorded in the scriptures in Exodus 7. 14 through 21, he turns the water into blood. And we've already talked about uh, 
uh, how long we can last without uh, water. Uh, he turns the water into blood. Exodus uh, 7, um, no, Exodus 8, uh, 1 through 15, frogs invade the land. 8, 16 through 18, there was a breakout of lice in the land. In that same chapter, verse 20 through 32, flies swarm the land. Exodus 9, uh, 1 through 7, Egypt's livestock dies, but Israel's livestock lives. God say, I make a difference. Come on, somebody. Between the Egyptian and the and Israel. Come on, somebody. I don't care where you are. You can be dwelling in the same place. You can be in the same unemployment line. And God said, I make a difference. Come on, somebody. My God, between mine and someone else's. Uh, in that same chapter, Exodus 9, verses 8 through 12, the people break out in boils. Uh, chapter 9, 13 through 35, hail comes down. My God, a uh, large hail. Exodus 10, 1 through 20, locusts break out in the land and the people cry unto Pharaoh, please let them go. They understood and knew who was bringing the plagues. I'm on somebody, my God, it's like uh, Rahab the harlot um, told the spies that came in, don't, don't you worry about the men in this land. They, uh, they already heard about what your God has done to the Amorites and, and to your enemies and how he's defeated and fought your battles for you. Ain't no fighting these brothers. <laughs> they already know your God. The people understood God was bringing the plagues and he was bringing it on behalf of the Israelites. Come on, somebody. Uh, verses, uh, Exodus 10, verse 21 through 29, darkness for five days in Egypt. But guess what happened in Goshen? The light stayed on. God makes a difference. Come on, somebody. Yet God hardens Pharaoh's heart and he cannot let the people go, even though he said, I'm going to let you go. Not only did God prove to Moses and Aaron and the, um, um, the Israelites, he let Pharaoh know. He said, well, who is this Lord that I should uh, uh, let the people go? Uh, well, he, he knows him now. I'm on somebody. <laughs> My God. Exodus 11, verses 1, verses 4 through 7, verse 10. This is the last plague. Look what he says, Exodus 11 and 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. 
He can't let you go until I let Pharaoh know and let my people know and let you know that I am that I am. You don't go until I say so. Come on, somebody. My God. And already warned Moses, I'm going to harden his heart. He ain't going to let him go. I'm going to let him know that I am God. Verse four, and Moses said, thus saith the Lord about midnight, will I go out into the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the manservant that is behind the meal and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall it be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue. The dog bet not even bark at you. Come on, somebody. Against man or beast. And you may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. My God. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. My God. But God said, I'm going to do one more thing. I'm on somebody. And you would think that Moses said, well, you know, listen, y'all go on. Nope, 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 nope. Not until I take your son from you. I'm on somebody. And then you will let them go. Look at Exodus 12, verses 1 through 14. <clears throat> This is the feast of Passover. God is preparing them to come out of that land. Come on, somebody. Uh, this is also the time that God brought us out of sin, typical of Egypt. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and to Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now, uh, this is the scripture I was talking about, you know, in individuals or some. Well, the month of Abib is in uh, at the beginning of spring and it's on the um, Jewish calendar. We understand all of that. Uh, now, God brought them out all together. They came out all together, but we came out separately. Uh, I've been saved some uh, 40, 50 years now. Uh, God brought me out uh, that many years ago. There are some that have just been saved uh, uh, this month, last month. Uh, but we're going to celebrate it all together. Now, look what he says again. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and then Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, right, right where they were in bondage this month. I don't care what month it was. At that particular time, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. 
January is the first month of the year to us. I don't think we're ready to go to a, uh, a Jewish calendar. Yeah, I hope I get some amens out there. And we're going to try to uh, keep up with both the lunar and the solar events. And, and it become different every year. All right. But January is the first month unto us. So this is the first month. And this is the month that we celebrate the Feast of Passover. I hope everybody understand me on this point. All right. Look, speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying in the 10th day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to his house uh, of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, can't afford one, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep uh, or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. Uh, we're going to actually be celebrating on the 14th day of this month. And the whole assembly from the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the side post of the upper door post of the house, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, uh, his head and his legs, and with the appearance thereof, and ye shall let none of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, I want you to have your clothes on, get ready to go because you're all ready to leave. Come on, somebody. My God, when God brought you out, when he saved you, he didn't tell you to go back to the world and get anything. You're coming out. And when he saved you, he saved you in the nick of time. Come on, somebody. Uh, let them have all of that weed and that uh, <laughs> cocaine and all that stuff. You don't have to go back and pick none of that stuff up. All right. Uh, thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste, uh, eat it in a hurry. Uh, it is the Lord's Passover. This is our feast of Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the lowercase gods in Egypt. All the lowercase, anytime you see a lowercase God in the Bible there, because there are gods many, if you see a lowercase G, that means that's a God with no power and anything can become a God to you. Come on, somebody, my God, 
can be your boyfriend, your girlfriend, if it's keeping you away from the uppercase God. It can be your job if it keeps you away from the uppercase God. All right, there are God's many. All right, in all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it of, of a feast by an ordinance forever. My God, this is the first year to you. Come on, somebody. Uh, Jesus was that sinless lamb that was slain. He, uh, uh, get your lamb. Get one without blemish. Come on, somebody. He was without sin. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Come on, somebody. My God. If we look in Revelation 12 and 11, it says they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It's the blood. Come on, somebody. It shall never ever, ever lose its power. And as a matter of fact, when we see in our ceremony, Matthew 26, 26, he said, take the cup and drink you all of it. None of it should be left. Come on, somebody, take the bread, eat. This is my body that's been broken for you. Now take the cup. Come on, somebody, and drink you. Don't leave none of it. It's too precious. Come on, somebody, it's too valuable. Drink ye all of it. This was the blood that was shed for you. This is the Lord's Passover. This is a covenant that I have between me and my people. It shall be a memorial for all generations to keep it a feast to me forever, even today. Galatians 3 says we be Abraham's seed. Is that not what it says? And heirs according to the promise. Let me see if I can find it quickly. If not, I'm going to, I think it's 3 and 26. Um, no. All right. Yeah, 3 and 26. For you all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. 
for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So every promise that is made in this Bible now legitimately belong to us. But along with the promises also go the ordinances, the commandments, the memorials, the feasts. I know somebody, you can't just take the blessing and not take the responsibility. If we be Abraham's seed, I'm on somebody, my God, the blessings come, but we also must keep the ordinances. We must keep the requirements, the laws, the memorials, uh, the feast of Passover. It's required. This commandment that was given unto them, we're part of this now. So the blessing and the responsibility go together. All right. <clears throat> Let's look at verse 21 through 24. Then Moses called all the elders. We're in that same chapter, Exodus 12. He called all the elders of Israel and said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin and strike the lintel and the two sides of the post with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of the house until the morning for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he see the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons. You got it forever. Kill the lamb. Among somebody, who was the lamb? Jesus is always the lamb. Among somebody, he was our Passover that died for us. Kill it, put the blood in the in the basin. Take a bunch of hyssop, almost like a um, a paintbrush. Dip it into the blood. Or put it above the doorpost. Dip it. Put it down the side posts, both side posts of the door. I'm going to send the death angel through. And when I see the blood, get in the house. Don't come out till morning. The death angel's coming through tonight. But when I see the blood, come on somebody, the destroyer will not come into your house. My God, each and every one of us. The Bible says without the shedding of blood. Now the blood is applied to us and we're hiding right out in the open. Come on, somebody. My God, we don't have to run in the house no more. The blood has been applied to you. There at the cross was the blood applied, singing glory to his name. Come on, somebody. My God, without the shedding of blood, he shed his blood. Come on, somebody, my God, that you and I 
now can live sinless lives. Come on, somebody. Lives of authority, protected, covered. And somebody said the blood hides a multitude of sins. Thank God. My God, they were saved by the blood of the lamb. And certainly we know today, and even back then, that lamb is Jesus that was slain even before the foundation of the world. Look at this. Verse 24 through 28. And it shall come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. Keep this service. Come on, somebody. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, what meant ye by this service? Mom, what is foot washing and communion all about? What is remembering the covenant? What is this all about? That uh, that ye shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshiped and the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron so did they. My God, let your children know. Because this is an ordinance that is to be passed on down to them. Somebody said, lest we forget. My God. Mm. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Verse 29 through 30. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all of his servants, servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Come on, somebody. My God. Well, if you didn't know him then, you sure know him now. I am that I am. And even today, the scripture says, at that name, Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess him. I'm talking about even those that are on their way to hell. They're going to acknowledge their creator. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm he, you're going to die in your sins. My God, you may not know him now, but you will know him then. So what? God did that thing for us. You ought to tell somebody he did that thing. My God. And I'm glad he's still doing his thing. He's still saving. Come on, somebody. The sin sick soul. He's still, my God, binding up the brokenhearted. He's still, my God, healing, causing the blinded eye to see, the lame to walk. Come on, somebody. The dumb to talk and the deaf to hear. 
My God, he's still saving souls. My God, who wouldn't serve a God like them? My God, and listen, let us not forget the lengths that God went to to bring us out of bondage. My God. Uh, Exodus 23 and 15 What does it say? Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread, and thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days, as I commanded thee in the time appointed in the month Abib. For in it thou camest out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. My God. Uh, the unleavened bread, as we said, was sin. We purge ourselves that we might become a new lump. If there's any sin in our lives, we need to confess it. We need to get rid of it. Come on, somebody, that we might be worthy of the body of Christ. Uh, if we look in the New Testament scripture, 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. 1 Corinthians First Corinthians 5 and 7 says what? Purge out old leaven that we might become a what? A new lump. My God. Purge out old leaven that we might become a new lump. Look what he says. As you are unleavened, we are without sin. Is that true? Even for even Christ, who is he? Our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven. We don't want sin in this thing. Neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Get rid of all of that hate. Get rid of all of that jealousy, envy, malice, strife. Come on, somebody. Confess it and rid yourself of it that you might be a new lump. My God. Uh, for Christ, our, he was our Passover. Come on, somebody. The sinless lamb. Just like us in every way, but without sin. All right. Again, it was the first month. It's the beginning of months. There's no excuse. He says, nobody shall appear before him empty. How dare we? Come on, somebody. After all he's gone through to save us. And then require of us, listen, that's, uh, from year to year, I want you to present yourself before me. Come on, somebody. He that knew no sin. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, stripped himself of his divinity. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, 
became a man to redeem mankind back to himself. Stepped down 40 and two generations, robed himself in human flesh. And he that knew no sin became sin for us. Then turns around and says, well, listen, uh, because of what I've done, I want you to present yourself to me. I want you to, to celebrate my death every year. How dare you not give him an offering? Nobody has a right to come before him empty. My God. All right, we better end it here. We're going to end it here. Uh, I wanted to get a little bit further in this lesson, but uh, we will finish it up on next week. On next week. All right. I want to encourage each and every one of you. Uh, let's keep this uh, feast of Passover. It's important. Uh, I don't understand how people will skip out. They will skip out of this uh, feast of Passover, and it's a commandment. God tells us to keep this an ordinance. Uh, this is a, uh, a commandment that comes from God. And not only that, it gives you life. My right, God, we'll, we'll go over those scriptures again. He said, my flesh is meat indeed. Come on, somebody. My God, and my blood is drink indeed. And when we partake of his flesh and drink of his blood, we have life. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? May God bless you, New Grace. This is the first part of the two-part series, uh, the foot washing and communion, the feast of Passover. Remembering the covenant. Don't forget the covenant. Every blessing, my God, that was promised unto Abraham belongs unto us. But yes, the responsibility, they're a part of it. We must keep those two. May God bless you. May God keep you. If there's somebody here under the sound of my voice, uh, what we're going through on consecration week is for the body of Christ. And if you're not part of the body of Christ, there's no reason you can't be uh, before the 14th of this month. There's no reason you can't be. Give me a call, 734-477-6891. Jesus said, except the man be born again, he cannot see. You're not gonna understand this. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Come get this water. Jesus is giving it away. It'll make you walk right. It'll make you talk right. It'll make you live right. It'll make you love your enemy and love yourself. My God. Jesus is giving this water away. Give me a call. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus and you must be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
that which the Spirit gives the utterance. Come on, somebody. God is going to make a believer out of you. He's going to place his, place his indelible mark upon your life. Repentance among somebody and faith toward God is what he requires. And he'll fill you right now, right where you sit. Come on, somebody. My God, give me a call. Uh, because Apostle Peter asks, can these forbid water? After the Holy Ghost fell at the house of Cornelius, and then he commanded them to be baptized. Two things that are necessary, baptism of the water and baptism of the spirit. My God, that constitutes your new birth experience. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. Don't put it off for tomorrow. Call tonight. Amen. Someone will return your call. Amen. And certainly share with you the scriptures and meet with you, baptize you in Jesus' name and a great big God that will fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking.